Daniel chapter number seven, Daniel chapter number seven, turn with me there. And we're going to, we're going to focus on the little horn <clears throat> or the little loud mouth, little horn. Amen. Uh, the antichrist, we're going to talk about the antichrist tonight. And, and I probably have given you too much, uh, that we'll be able, might not be able to cover everything. Uh, so we're going to cover as much as we can. And, uh, and I'm not going to go into every detail. Uh, we're going to kind of look tonight and see if we can get a bird's eye view because we're going to talk about him again in chapter number eight, chapter number 11 and, uh, and so forth. So if that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right, let's, let's go where we stopped last week. We stopped at 18 and, uh, so let's go in verse 19. Are we good? Are we good there? Okay. All right. Verse 19. Uh, revelators, revelation. <clears throat> I had a long drive today, guys. Amen. I'm here though. Amen. Daniel chapter number seven, verse 19. Say it with me, Daniel. Okay. All right. Good. Here we go. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast. And I'll explain if you're here for the first time tonight, I'll explain that in, in when we, when we, when we read, finish reading. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. And of the 10 horns that were in his head and of the other, which came up and before uh, whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the ancient of days came and the judgment was given to the saints of the most high and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom. What is it? The fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom. You remember when I, what I said about prophecy. Anytime you see typology or, or symbols, just keep reading and he'll explain what they are. It works the same way in Revelation. So we saw a monster uh, earlier in the chapter, a monster with ten horns. And now he's telling you what those are. It says, uh, verse 23 the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down in pieces. And the 10 horns out of this kingdom are 10 kings, kings that shall arise. And another and another shall rise after them and he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings and he shall speak great words against the most high. And shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time, and times, and dividing of times. So time, singular, times, plural, and that dividing of times, which is a half. So that's one year, two years, which equals three years, and a half, three and a half years, which is in reference to the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to devour it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the most or the people of the saints of the most high. 
whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations uh, much troubled me and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for safe traveling today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you for the big crowd tonight. Lord, it's great to see this many people out on a Wednesday night to study your word and learn. And I pray that you'll just bless us now. I pray that you'll give us what we stand in need of. Help us to, to Lord, we got a lot of information. Help us to go through it smoothly and quickly and, and try to retain as much as we can. And God, I'll thank you and praise you and give you the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Just a brief review of Daniel 7. Uh, one of the things, one of the things we learned last week that as you go through the prophetic chapters of the book of Daniel and remember, remember if you're new today, uh, this is your first time. Daniel is the old Testament equivalent of the new Testament. What revelation, revelation, uh, Cesar, don't let me forget. I need to see you right after. Okay. Don't let me forget that. Uh, uh, Cesar, Cesar, <clears throat> Don't forget. Here we go. Uh, and as you're going through to, to really understand the prophetic chapters in Daniel, as you go, we'll see, we've seen it in chapter two with the, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Now chapter seven with the dream of Daniel, chapter eight, chapter 11, you're going to see these and, and it's going to seem like they're different prophecies or, or different, uh, different. They, they look different. They're described different, but it's not, it's the same prophecy it's repeated and in enlarged. All right. Say that with me. Repetition and enlargement. Say that. In other words, he repeats it, but he gives you some more details. Okay. He enlarges the vision. He gives you some more details. Uh, we know that there was a, uh, uh, an image given in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the head of gold and the, and the body of silver and the brass, are, are y'all with me? Brass and then uh, iron and so forth. And it described the kingdoms of mankind. The four major kingdoms that, of the Gentiles that will rule this earth till Jesus comes back. We know there were four. We, we talked about them. Uh, we said at first was the Babylonian empire and then the, the uh, Medo-Persian empire, the Greek empire, and then the Roman empire. And we said that the Roman empire hasn't totally gone away. It's still smoldering. It's still, uh, it's not like it was, but the influence, the influence and the uh, response from the Roman empire is still seen in Europe today. And so it really hasn't gone away, but then there's going to come another empire, another empire, which we'll call Satan's empire or the antichrist empire. He's going to rule the world. And, and so he is who we're going to discuss today the, or tonight, the antichrist, but thank God in all of these and all of these with the image, the stone came out of the mountain and crushed it. Amen. And then we see here, we see here that not only are there four beasts, but there is a king on a throne and Jesus is going to come back, establish his kingdom, destroy Satan's kingdom and establish his own. And we win in the end. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Now, that was last week. 
in the image, in the image of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter number two, it was a statue, the different metals in, in chapter number seven, it's four beasts who come out of the sea, right? And we said the sea is mankind, humanity is in turmoil. It's in an upheaval. It's in a stormy sea. And, and look, all you got to do is turn on the news and you'll see what Daniel saw. Our world is in an upheaval. Our world is in turmoil. Our world is, is just in a mess. And in the midst of all of that, humanity, the, the major, the four major empires of the Gentiles has come up and gone and they're coming back in the Roman empire. All right. When the antichrist comes forward. Okay. So let's do this. Let's do this. I want to, I want to, I want to read a couple verses that you don't have just to kind of set the table of who the antichrist is and why, why he's going to be here, why he's going to exist. Okay. Now, if you want to write this down, write it somewhere. You don't have this. So just, just, if you want to write, that's fine. Uh, we find the Greek prefix anti can mean against or instead of, okay? Anti, when you see antichrist, the Greek prefix can mean against or instead of. In other words, he, the antichrist is going to be against Christ. He's going to be against God or he's going to be in the place of or instead of. Instead of, he's going to be a counterfeit. He's going to be, I don't want to use the word replacement, but he's going to be Satan's counterfeit of the real thing. Do you understand that? That, okay. Now let's look at, let's look at, write this down. I'll just read it. You don't have this either. We're going to have a bunch. Lord, we got to cover a bunch of verses tonight, but write this one down. Isaiah 14, 12. Watch what it says about Satan. Watch what it says about Lucifer. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weakest the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. This is what the devil said. Thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. What what does he say? Satan wants to be God. Satan wants to be like the most high. That's That's what got him kicked out of his office. He got kicked out of heaven. And the third of the angels has followed him in his rebellion and in his pride. He said, I want to be God. I want to be like the most high. Okay. Thinking that and understanding that, understanding that the most high has an incarnate son. Are y'all with me? His, 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 (laughs) the most high has a human body with God in it. Satan, listen, the Antichrist is going to have a human body with Satan in it. Now, y'all see where I'm going with this? Instead of, instead of, 
Satan wants everything that the most high has. And he's going to counterfeit it. So the Antichrist, the the last world ruler, the last political figure who is going to conquer the entire world is going to be Satan's counterfeit for the most high real thing. Jesus Christ. So is everybody on the same page right there? Okay, now, now, with that being said, with that being said, as we look in Daniel 7, as we look in Daniel 7, uh, it's specifically 19 and 20. I want to read 19 and 20. And then we're going to, uh, 19 and 20 is basically the prophecy. And Daniel 7, 23 through 25 is the interpretation or the explanation of 19 and 20. So if we're on the same page, say amen. Okay. We, we saw, we saw earlier, we saw a lion, a winged lion that represented Babylon, specifically Nebuchadnezzar, right? Then we seen, we seen the bear, the hunchback bear, right? One side lifted up over the other, which is the kingdom of the Medes and Persians, specifically the Persians who were stronger than the Medes. That's why he's lifted up on one side, three ribs in his mouth. For the three kingdoms they conquered to conquer the whole world. Okay, is everybody with me? Say amen. amen. Leopard, leopard, four wings on this leopard, four heads on this leopard. We know this is the Greek empire with Alexander the Great. Alexander dies. He turns it over to four of his generals, those four heads. All right. And then we have a monster. No description. No description. It just says a beast. A ferocious beast, a devastating beast, a destroying beast, a beast that is fearful, right? And, and he, doesn't, he doesn't say it looks like a coyote. He doesn't say it looks like a tiger. He doesn't say it's a monster. It's a beast. And we're going to see specifically why he says it this way when we look in Revelation 13 in just a second. So these, this beast represents a kingdom, right? He said, he said, the beast that you saw were four kingdoms, the four kingdoms of the earth, the four major empires that the Gentiles will have before Jesus comes back. Three of them represent animals we know, right? The fourth one was a monster and it had 10 horns. Y'all remember the 10 horns were 10 Kings. Okay. 10 Kings or prime ministers or presidents, you know, most in, in, in modern day, Daniel is describing what they would call them in his day. But today it could be a president. It could be a prime minister, uh, whatever it might be. Now, here's what I want you to see in, in the end, in the end, I believe after the rapture of the church, the world is going to be, is going to be split up in, in a confederation of 10 districts. 10 different areas with 10 different leaders. All right. The, uh, do, do they have my picture uh, of the Roman Empire? <clears throat> okay. Everything colored, everything colored was the Roman Empire in its, in its height, in its, in its greatest form. This is the Roman Empire. Now, two, two possibilities, two possibilities. I'm not for sure which one it is, but there's two possibilities. That these 10 leaders, these 10 kings, now we're talking modern day. They could be presidents, prime ministers, heads of state, whatever it is, it'd be leaders. 10 are going to come out of 10 confederate uh, states of Europe. 
or which will come out of the Roman Empire. The, the fourth beast, the fourth beast represents Rome. All right, say that with me. The fourth beast represents the Roman Empire. And the horns, the horns come out of the fourth beast. So I've, I've read it two ways that either the, the 10 presidents or the 10 world leaders are going to come out of the, the former Roman Empire in that, in that particular area, somewhere in the colored region, or, or it's just going to be the 10 major rulers of the world at the time of the rapture of the church. After the rapture of the church, the world's going to be separated into, into 10 districts, 10 divisions, 10 whatever. Point being, in the end, during the tribulation period, the earth is going to be ruled by 10 leaders. If that makes sense, say amen. Now, now here's what's going to happen. The little horn comes up, right? Let's, let's read Daniel chapter seven, verse 19. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others. Rome was different than all the others. The antichrist kingdom is going to be different than all the others. Exceeding what? Dreadful. Whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces and stamped the residue of his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head and of the other which came up and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake with a very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. Now, now two things go right here. The mouth that speaks very great things. That's talking about he is going to be a slick speaker. He is going to be an incredible communicator. Probably, probably the greatest communicator that's ever humanly speaking has ever been on the planet. When he says stuff, people are going to believe what he says. Then it says he looks more stout than his fellows. Uh, that means he looks more as a leader. He looks more presidential. He looks more, are y'all with me? More than all the rest of them. But see, he comes up as a little horn. He's not originally, he's not, he's, he's not going to be originally a political figure as far as one of the presidents, but he is going to rise up in the middle of all of them. He's going to come to power. He's going to come to power in the most incredible way. He's going to come to power. He won't be originally as a president, but he's going to come and rise to power and the devil's going to give him the ability to do that. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Now, look at this. Look at this. Daniel 7, 23 through 25 interprets, explains Daniel 7, 19 through 20. Thus he said, the angel is explaining to Daniel what he saw. The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth. All right. That is... That is two things. Actually, it's one, but it's one that died and then revived. Talking about the Roman Empire. So basically, basically the Antichrist is going to be coming out of the revived Roman Empire. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. The fourth beast, okay? That's the one he's explaining. We shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. This kingdom, the Antichrist's kingdom, uh, you see, you've seen in the picture, uh, the colored region, the Antichrist is going to cover the entire planet. 
It will finally have a human leader, a human general, a human president, king that will have finally conquered the entire planet, will be under his rule and under his control. He's going to be very devastating. He's going to be very cruel. He's going to conquer and kill and destroy and be very destructive. It says the 10 horns out of this kingdom, out of what? The Roman empire. They come up out of the Roman, the the former revived Roman empire are 10 kings that shall arise. They're going to come up. In other words, we don't see them right now. We don't see them. They're going to come up. They're going to come up in a time of turmoil. They're going to come up. And and by the way, the turmoil is getting there. I don't believe, I don't believe personally right now at this moment that we're at the complete boiling stage that Daniel saw, but we're getting there very quickly. These 10 leaders are going to be the best leaders that this world has to offer to try to come up with a solution of all the chaos on our planet right now. Out of that, out of that, verse, verse 24, the 10 horns out of this kingdom are 10 kings that shall arise. And another shall rise after him. That's the little horn. That's the Antichrist. This is a political figure. And he shall be diverse or different from the first. And he shall subdue three kings. In order for the Antichrist to take power, he's going to kill three of those other kings, other presidents, other prime ministers. I don't know. I don't know if those three oppose his rule or oppose uh, his being voted in as the head of the world. But whatever the reason is, he's going to subdue him. And I personally believe he's going to assassinate him in order to get the, the, the lead position in the world. So either way, they're going to be taken out of the way. And then he's going to take his place. He's going to take his place. Verse 25, and he shall speak great words against the most high. He's going to be blasphemous. He's going to curse the God of heaven. And he shall wear out the saints of the most high and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and dividing of times. He's going to come against, and we'll learn later on in the outline I'm giving you. He's going to come against God's people, all the Jews and all the saints of God that have believed in the Lord Jesus. And it's going to be devastating. And it's going to primarily take place in the last three and a half years of the seven year tribulation period. All right. So is everybody following me so far? This means yes. Okay. I I can't see you at Fairview doing this. So, uh, so let me hear you. Amen. Amen. All right. Now let's look in our notes. Let's look in our notes. Let's start. Let's just go. And we're going to go. If he is anti, what did we say? Anti meant against or instead of, okay. Instead of who? Christ, Jesus Christ. So we're going to look the first part of this study, which might be the only part of the study we get tonight, but we're going to look at the contrast between Jesus Christ and the Antichrist. All right. The real authentic savior, God's son, who he sent to this earth, who we believe in, who we follow, say amen. And the Antichrist, who the devil's going to bring to power on this planet. And, and, and we're going to read to him, but we're going to go to several different, several different verses in the Bible to describe him. All right. 
Number one, number one, Christ came from above. Write that down. Christ came from above. Now I have these verses, Brother Chris, do you have the verses for me? Okay, watch this. And we'll try to do this as fast as we can so we can cover as much time as we can. John 6, 38. For I came, what, what, what color is that writing? What's that mean? Jesus is talking. All right, for I came down from, so which direction did Jesus come from? Above. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Okay. The Antichrist, on the other hand, will ascend. Jesus came down, but the Antichrist will ascend from the pit. He's going to come from the bottomless pit. And that's important that you know that because we're going to, we're going to identify who the Antichrist is going to be. Revelation eleven seven. And when they shall have finished their testimony, this is talking about the two, to two witnesses in, in the book of Revelation, the beast, now keep in mind in Revelation, he's called the beast. Okay. He's called the beast. Uh, and you know, it's, it's tied in with Daniel seven, the four beasts that come out of the, come out of the sea. But here the beast is the antichrist. All right. Who is the beast? The antichrist. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast shall that ascendeth, ascendeth, cometh up out of the, shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Okay. So Jesus comes from above. He comes down from above. The antichrist comes up from the pit. Number two, Christ came in his father's name. Christ came in his father's name. It says in John 5, 43, I am come in my father's name and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. Now, Jesus, this is amazing. Jesus is talking to the Jews. Okay. He's talking to the Jews. He said, I came in my father's name and ye did not receive me. What does the Bible say? He came into his own and. But guess what? The Antichrist, that great political figure is going to show up on the scene and offer a treaty, offer a seven year peace treaty with Israel. And they're going to think he's the greatest thing in the world. He's going to come in his own political name and they're going to receive him. They're going to receive him. See, Christ came in his father's name. Antichrist will come in his own name. Same verse. Same verse. John 5, 43. Jesus said, I am coming in my father's name and you didn't receive me. He said, but there's coming somebody that's going to come in his own name and him you will receive. The Jews are going to believe the lie. They're going to believe that he means peace and that they can finally be at peace in their land. And in three and a half years, he's going to break that treaty. And they're going to see him for who he really is. Number three, Christ humbled himself. Christ humbled himself. Philippians 2, 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Antichrist will exalt himself. Antichrist will exalt himself. Second Thessalonians two, four, the Bible says who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, 
showing himself that he is God. Isn't that, isn't that awful sound awful familiar to what the devil wanted? He exalts himself. When does he do that in the, in that three and a half years? He signs the peace treaty with Israel, with the Jewish people in three and a half years. He breaks the treaty. He goes into the temple and he says, I am God. Now worship me. Jesus humbled himself. The Antichrist exalts himself. Number four, Christ was despised. Christ was despised. Isaiah 53, 3 says, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But the Antichrist, he was admired. The Antichrist will be admired. Revelation 13, verse 3. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. The word wondered there means admired after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? The dragon, by the way, will identify that Satan. That's Satan. <clears throat> what number will? Five. Exactly. I'm just seeing if y'all paying attention. Number five. Christ will be exalted. Philippians 2, 9. Christ will be exalted. Philippians 2, 9 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Now, now see, all that does is prove the Bible true. Humble thyself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due season. Jesus humbled himself. And now the father, what? Exalted him. Well, the Antichrist exalted himself, but God's going to cast him down to hell. Christ will be exalted and the Antichrist will be cast down to hell. Revelation 19, 20. And the beast was taken and with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him. With him, which deceived them, they had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Number six, Christ came to do his father's will. John six thirty eight. He says, for I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Antichrist will come to do his own will. Daniel eight twenty four. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper in practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. He's going to, he's going to do whatever he wants to do for a very short time. Number seven, Christ came to save. Christ came to save. Luke 19, 10. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. The antichrist will come to destroy. 824. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy wonderfully. Now, wonderfully doesn't mean good. It just means in a shocking, a shocking fashion. He's going to be so destructive. Number eight, 
Christ is the good shepherd. The good shepherd. Luke 19, 10. Oh, excuse me. John chapter 10, verse 11. I've got one through 15, but just say 11 because I wasn't going to print that much. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The Antichrist is the idle, evil shepherd of Zechariah 11. The Antichrist is the idle, evil shepherd. Zechariah eleven sixteen. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land which shall not visit those that be cut off, neither shall seek the young one, nor heal that which is broken, nor feed that that standeth still, but he shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear their claws in pieces. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. Many, many Bible scholars believe he's going to be blind in one eye. The Antichrist because of this verse. Isn't it amazing that everything we've seen Jesus is He's the exact opposite. Exact opposite. All right, nine. Christ is the true vine. Christ is the true vine. John 15, one. John 15, one says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. The antichrist is the vine of the earth. The vine of the earth. And another angel came out from the altar which had power over fire and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle saying, Thus thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. That is a picture of the battle of Armageddon. When all of the Antichrist and all of his armies are gathered into that valley and and God describes it in Revelation as a wine vat. If you, if you've ever been to a vineyard, they would take all the grapes and put it in this big tub looking thing and they would walk it out. They would walk it out. They would stomp the grapes until the, the juice squirted out the bottom of the tube. And that's the description that God is giving of the, the valley of the battle of Armageddon that God's going to walk it out. Are y'all with me? So it, he's just given the description of a vine. Number 10, Christ is the truth. Yes, he is. John fourteen six. Jesus said unto him, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man come. And by the way, that the there, T-H-E, it is the way it's described in the Greek language. It's the one and only. No other, no other. All right. He's the truth. But the Antichrist, if, if Jesus is the truth, what's the Antichrist? He's the lie. That's right. Write it down. Second Thessalonians 2.11. 2.11. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. What lie? I believe the lie, he's going to explain the rapture away. I believe the lie is going to be why they need to follow him, that he is God, that he needs to be worshiped. All that goes together. Whatever it is, they're going to believe it because he's going to be good at what he does. Number 11, Christ is the Holy One. Christ is the Holy One. <clears throat> Mark 1, 24, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee? These are when the demons run up on Jesus. Thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? 
I know thee who thou art, the the Holy One of God. Antichrist is the lawless one. Lawless one or unholy one, either, either word you want to use. 2 Thessalonians 2, 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed. Wicked means lawless. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Antichrist. Number 12. Christ is the man of sorrows. Christ is the man of sorrows. Isaiah 53, 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. The Antichrist is the man of sin. The man of sin. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away, and that man of Sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Key word there. We're going to come back to that. Perdition. All right. 13. Christ is the son of God. Luke 135. And the angel answered and said unto her, Mary, this is who we're talking about. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God. The Antichrist is the son of perdition. The son of perdition. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. We just read it a while ago. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. perdition. All right. 14. Lastly, 14. Christ is the mystery of godliness. The mystery of godliness. What is the mystery? That God... God was in human flesh. In human flesh. You say he was a man. Yep. But I thought he was a God. Yep. But he was a man. Yep. And God. Yep. He wasn't half man, half God. He was all God, all man. Explain that. He came when you get to heaven. If you're going. And I hope you are. 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. What is the mystery? God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. But see, there's going to be another mystery. God, the Lord Jesus, is the mystery of godliness. The Antichrist will be the mystery of iniquity. Iniquity, 2 Thessalonians 2, 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. What a powerful word. What what does that mean? It means all of the workings, the mechanisms, the mechanics, everything for his kingdom is already at play. It's already at work. It's already going. It's already, listen, you're seeing it. You're seeing it. I believe you're seeing it in these mandates. I believe that you're seeing it in the way governments are trying to control people. 
I believe everything that you see in the culture. I believe everything that you see in the, in the changes of marriage, the changes of what a, 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 a real marriage is. Everything that's going on is the mystery of iniquity coming to pass. It's coming. It's coming, guys. Now, before we jump into the outline, I believe, I, yeah, we got plenty of time. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter number two. This is a real, uh, uh, a real good explanation that Paul gives the Thessalonians. Somebody had wrote a letter to the Thessalonians said Jesus has already come back, scared them all to death. So he's, he's writing to them and helping them understand, describing. Let no man deceive you. Somebody had deceived them. Second Thessalonians two, verse three, it should be in your notes. Everybody got that? Okay. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come. What day? The Lord's return. The the day that everybody's looking for, right? Shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed. Who's the man of sin? The antichrist or the son of perdition, right? The man of sin, son of perdition, antichrist. He's going to step up. He's going to be revealed. He's going to be revealed. Who opposeth, opposeth, what does anti mean? What's the first? Against, against. That's that opposing. He's against. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worship. So that he is God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That is when at the the uh, three and a half year mark of the seven year treaty, he's going to go into the the temple that he's going to allow the Jews to rebuild. And he's going to say he's going to stop the sacrifices that they have reinstituted. And he's going to proclaim that he is God. And all the Jewish people are going to say, uh oh, we've been duped, and they're going to flee for their lives, and that's a whole nother lesson. Remember ye, remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Only now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. In other words, Paul is saying something is holding him back. Something is keeping him from stepping on the stage of. Of, of the world history, he's being held back. All right, look at, look, at, look at the next verse. Now the machine, the activity is already working. It's already moving. The, the iniquity is already at work. It's already in motion for him to step forward on the scene of the world stage. But there's, some, there's a problem. Only he who now, what's that word? Everybody, he who now Letteth will let. Now, that's not usually a word that we use in our, our common everyday language. Letteth means to hold back, yeah. to withstand. In other words, he's holding him back. Y'all, y'all ever seen, uh, I, I kind of imagine it this way. You ever see a, a football game and, you know, they're, they're pumping up the crowd and, and they got the football players in the tunnel. They got the football players in the tunnel and the head coach is there like he's holding them back. You know, they're like, they're just, 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 they're just animals, just ready to go out there and tear. And they, and they're just ready to go and he's holding them back until it's time. And, and then they, that's, that's, that's in my mind. He now led, he's holding back the Antichrist from stepping forward onto the, the world scene. Now, who is the he? I believe it's the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a power that's in the church. Where is the Holy Spirit? He's in the church. I didn't say the church building. The church. The body of Christ. The believers. He, the Holy Spirit, is re- restraining. Is re- now, let me, let me ask you a question. Look how bad it is out there. Look how bad it is. They will tell you that you are insane if you don't believe that a man can be a woman. Yeah. But think about it. Just look out at how, how wicked. Now think about this a minute. Think, just, just think about this. As wicked as it is out there, and it's almost hard to imagine. That's with the Holy Spirit restraining. Think about that. I talked to a pastor friend of mine, and he believes the mystery, the mystery of iniquity is this. That God's hand is on this world restraining, holding back Satan and his emissaries and his demons and, 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 and his spirits and power and all that he's got. Because he's got principalities, powers, he's got rulers and darkness. Of, you know, he's got all that. But he's slowly withdrawing that restraint. And boy, it sure seems that way, doesn't it? We're seeing stuff today I, I, I can never imagine. But watch, one day, he's going to completely take the restraint away. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the extent of the wickedness and the evil and the debauchery and the devastation? Well, preacher, when's that going to happen? Well, if it's the Holy Spirit, now think about this. Let's put all, let's put all the Bible together. You're the light of the world, but you're also what? What goes with that verse? Say it again. Salt. What does salt do? It preserves. It retards decay. It holds, y'all ain't listening. It holds back decay, rottenness. We're here. But guess what? One day we're going to be gone. He that now led it is a he, is a he. Holy Spirit now led it. He restrains until he be taken out of the way. When will he be taken out of the way? Where is, oh, 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 oh. Where's the Holy Spirit? Where's the Holy Spirit? In us. I know y'all, I just want to get it more specific. We're the church, but in us. But the rapture is going to take place. And he's going to be removed. A world with no salt. 
a world with no restraint. No, they're going to be with us. Listen, he will hold back. He will restrain until verse, verse seven, until he be taken out of the way. I believe that will be the rapture. You can write that beside there. And look at, look at the two first two words of verse eight. And then shall that wicked be revealed. Now, what does that teach us? Stop trying to figure out who it is. Because he will never step forward till you're gone. He can't. He cannot step forward on the scene of the earth or on the political realm till we are gone. He that now led us will let until he be taken out of the way and come on. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's at Armageddon. Say amen. amen. Even him. Now he goes to describing his work and his ability. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. In other words, he's going to be empowered by Satan himself. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. These are the people that are going to die. They're going to believe him. They're going to take his mark. They're going to worship him. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they might be who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Let me, let me explain. This is what I believe that means. Everybody look at me. This is what I believe that means. <clears throat> There's going to be people on this planet who get an opportunity to hear the gospel. And they're going to reject it. They're going to procrastinate. They're going to put it off. They're going to say, I got plenty of. And then as a thief in the night. When no man knoweth the hour will be gone. Now, I've watched, I've watched movies. I've watched, you know, Left Behind. That's a popular movie. A couple different ones. But here's where they got it messed up. In the Left Behind movie, the preacher got left behind because he wasn't truly saved. Now he realizes it. He, he knows it's a rapture. Now he believes in God. That's not going to happen. Because if you had an opportunity to hear the gospel... And you rejected it. You believe not in the truth. When the Antichrist steps forward, God shall send a strong and you're going to believe a lie. You will believe. If you had an opportunity to be saved before the rapture takes place and you reject Christ, you do not accept him, you're not going to get another shot. In the tribulation period. The Antichrist will be revealed. He's going to step forward. And he's going to explain why. All these people disappeared. So what is he going to do? 
I can't, I can't tell you what he's going to do, but I believe I know, I, I believe I got a good idea what he's going to do. Have you noticed all the, 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 the articles and the news reports about UFOs? Yeah. And now supposedly, supposedly governments are admitting that there are really UFOs. I believe he's going to step up and say there's going to be a great, great it's going to be a snatching away, but it's going to be a great abduction. I, that's what I think. Now, I don't know, and it don't matter, because I'm not going to be here. But if you don't know Christ tonight, and he comes tonight, whatever he says, you're going to believe it. And you're going to take the mark, and you're going to worship him. And according to them verses, you will be damned. Preacher, you trying to scare us? Yep. Yep. I cannot tell you how much you don't want to go through the tribulation period. Not only do you not want to go through the tribulation period, you don't want to spend eternity in the lake of fire. When you can take two minutes of your life tonight and make arrangements to miss all that. And all God's people say it. It ain't going to happen. We got six minutes and five points. Let me give you one of them. Let's do the top one. Let's just do the first one and, 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 and then we'll jump on the rest later. Turn with me real quick. Turn with me real quick. Fast, fast, fast. Revelation chapter 13. This is the parallel. Revelation 13 is the parallel to Daniel 7. Somebody holler out the beast that we, we saw in, in, in Daniel 7. Which beast did we see? A lion. Okay. We saw a lion, a bear, and a leopard. I really want to say tigers and bears. Oh my. I don't, I don't know why that's coming to my head. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Okay. Revelation 13. Revelation 13. Now Daniel saw a sea, right? He saw a sea. And in that sea came out four beasts, right? One was a lion, one was a bear, one was a leopard, and the other was just a monster, right? Okay. Each represented different kingdoms on this earth, different world leaders. And we wonder why, why wasn't there a dis- really a distinction? We could, without a doubt, we can distinguish uh, Nebuchadnezzar with Babylon. We can distinguish uh, Darius uh, uh, really Darius or Cyrus, I would say Cyrus with, with the Persians in, in the Medo-Persian. Then, then uh, Alexander the Great with the Greek Empire. And, but we really can't distinguish a major specific world ruler with the monster. Now watch, Revelation 13, 1. Now, now John is seeing, God is revealing to John just like he revealed to Daniel. And I stood upon the sand of the and saw a rise up out of the 
Imagine that. Same thing John saw or Daniel saw. Having seven heads and ten horns and upon his horns ten crowns and upon his head the names of. And the beast, how many of them? Okay, now watch. How many did Daniel see? Right? Now three specific ones, right? And one non-descriptive monster. Right? We saw a, a lion, a bear, and a leopard. And then a non-descriptive monster. Watch this. How many does, how many does John see? One. One. But watch how he describes him. And the beast which I saw. How many? One. Which I saw was like unto a. And his feet were as the feet of a. And his mouth as the mouth of a. Hmm. Hmm. And that's how it's described. Why is there not a description of or the specific leader we can pinpoint to the Roman Empire? Because the one that's coming is going to embody all three. The best of the Babylonian, the best of the Medo-Persian, the best of the Greek, all of the Roman is going to be embodied in this one world leader. And he's going to be a monster. Monster. And that's all the time we have. And all God's people see it. Let's stand our feet, stretch our legs. Huh? Don't put nothing. We'll jump right back in there, but hold on to it. Hold on to it for next week. Okay. All right. Uh, I know we covered a lot and it's like drinking out of a fire hydrant. I get that, but just, you really needed all that background before we really dig in. Amen. He, he's coming. He's coming. There's a world ruler that's coming, but he can't step forward till we're gone. If you're not saved, do do I have any of my workers? Brother Klein, can you come up here? Any of my workers? Uh, uh, Any any lady workers? Do I got got some up here? Miss Diane, will you be here? Hey, y'all hang out. Y'all hang out. All of them. If you're if you're an altar worker, I want you to hang out a minute. Uh, We we don't need anybody leaving this service not knowing. And if you don't know, you need to know. And so if you're nervous, that's okay. That's okay. If you're, if you, if you are watching online, I, I, I need to do this. I got 27 seconds. If you are watching online, the Bible says in Romans three twenty three that you're a sinner. We're all sinners. It says that we have all sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And because of that. We're in in a mess. Because in Romans 6.23. It says the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Our sin has to be paid for. And, And. 
the gift of God is eternal life. Now, I've got good news. The bad news is, is we're a sinner and we got to pay for that sin. But the good news is, is it says in Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you so much and everybody in here, everybody in here, God loves you so much that he sent his son to take your place. And he died on the cross to take your place and to pay for your sin. But on the third day, he came back alive again. He rose from the dead to prove he had power over death. And he said this, God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we'll believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, shall confess him, confess him, Lord. If we'll believe in our heart, listen, and, and trust him. That just means I believe that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus came and he died and he rose again. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And if you're watching online and you're ready to make that commitment. If you're in here and you're ready to make that commitment. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Every head bow and every eye close. If you're ready to give God your life and surrender your life to him. I'm not just getting you to pray a prayer. I want you to mean it. You're giving God your life tonight. You're repenting of your sin. I want you to pray this prayer to me. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And the best I know how, I ask you to forgive me and to save me. I ask you to forgive me and to save me. I believe that you came and died for me. And you rose again. And tonight I give you my life. In Jesus name we pray. And all God's people say it.